One minute.
Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the official NIL podcast. I'm your host, Richie Freeman, co-founder of Brand New Sports. And on the NIL podcast, we talk about everything regarding the name, image, likeness rule, and how it pertains to college kids, brands, and the public sports world as we know. On today's episode, we have the amazing punter from the University of Maryland, the Big Ten, Mr. Anthony Piccarella. He's going to talk about all of his work with the NF. Sorry. Take two. Take two. That's it. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the official NIL podcast. I'm your host, Richie Freeman, and today we are talking with the amazing Anthony Piccarella, a punter from the University of Maryland, College Park, in the Big Ten, who is making more waves than just those on the field. His information in mental health, nutrition, fitness, and what it takes to become a student athlete in the NIL world, as we know. So with further ado, welcome Anthony to the show. Anthony, how are you? Rich, how are you? Good, man. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Of course. Great, great. Where did I catch you today? Just got back from a little mindset meeting with the team. We had okay. a former Canadian football player come talk to us. Played some good insight on us about football and life. It was good stuff. What was that like? So what, are, what was the – who was whose decision was that to bring him in? Is that something that usually, that usually happens with the team? So every Wednesday we'll do a mindset meeting. And so we have a, uh, a goal in mind that we want for every year. And we want to do everything possible to achieve that goal. So what we started doing – we used to have – Wednesdays used to just be us and the strength staff. And just we would talk about how we want to achieve our goals and how we were going to mentally prepare ourselves to achieve them. But this year we started bringing in some speakers. Uh, we had Ken Smithmeyer last week, uh, Angus Reed this week. And so every Wednesday from now until spring ball, they're calling it the made for more series. Mm -hmm. and they're going to bring a speaker in. He's going to tell that he or she is going to talk to us and kind of just get our minds right kind of thing. That's pretty impressive. It's cool that, that Maryland's doing that on behalf of the students. Do you, is that something that other schools do as well that you find, or is this something more unique? I, I don't know. To be honest, I don't know if other schools are doing that or not, but it's something that we do. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, mental health and getting your body ready is something that you take very good mindset of, and I want to touch on that in a little bit. But first, I want to get into just you as a punter, how you got involved, and 
what was life like for you going into the NCAA? What you were, you were pumped or all through high school and what was it like getting recruited and that whole process? Um, so when I was in high school, I played quarterback. I was a kicker and I was a punter. Uh, so growing up through high school, I mean, I was always, my whole life, I was a quarterback as a kid in middle school, high school. Uh, but kicking and punting was something I started like eighth or ninth, eighth, like eighth grade, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Kicking, I started taking serious like eighth, ninth grade. And then punting, I didn't really start taking seriously until my junior high school. But um, I always was the kicker because when we were in kids, it was two points, not one. Yeah. They asked, are there any kids who could do it? And I did soccer. I did karate. So I was like, oh, I got a pretty strong leg. And so got good at kicking. Uh, thought I was going to be a kicker, which and then it's, I went to, it was a Penn State camp. I don't really like them, but it was a Penn State camp. <laughs> and they told me, they said, uh, you're too tall to kick. And I'd never heard that. Too being tall to kick. I didn't said, know that was a thing. Well, everything's, everything's the eye test, right? So it's yeah. just what, what you fit their bill. So they told me that I was more of a build of a punter. And I punt, but I wasn't a fundamentally sounded punter. Uh-huh. I had to take more focus into that. And then ended up getting a couple other offers from schools uh, once I was, like, learning how to punt. And then Maryland came knocking. I loved it from the moment I came to visit. And kind of how the story got started it's interesting that you were a quarterback and the kicker as well because usually you know the quarterback's coming out after three plays and they can't make it now you're staying in there and kicking for the extra point i mean kicking for the field goal so that's not usually the case no no not really so when you got to maryland what was the what were those initial days like i mean getting going from the high school world big fish small pond to the big 10 maryland it was a big day i'd say it was a I wouldn't say it was a big change. No, it was a big change. It was definitely a big change. Being away from home for the first time, uh, living in a, in a dorm was different than living in your own room, in your own bed. Uh-huh. Workouts were hard, something I had never before seen. And every guy was the best at their school. Yeah. So every day, every day is a competition. In high school, you could show up to practice. You knew you were the guy and, I mean, not that you took days off, but you kind of felt comfortable. When you get here, there's not much of feeling comfortable because every year they're trying to bring in a guy to beat you out. So you got to be at the top level of your game each year and get better and get better and better. Yeah, I mean, what you said, that's that's like the big identifier between high school to the NCAA and I guess really NCAA to pros too, right? I mean – you could be the best guy in your conference or even in the country and then make it to the pros and you're not able to. And everyone else is still the same. Yeah. I mean, the big fish <clears throat> on high school thing, I think that really hits. I mean, look, when I growing up, I had a lot of friends that went to play in the NCAA and I, they were studs when I grew up and they were the top dog and they got there. And next thing you know, they're not rising up to that occasion, which is stressful. I mean, it's definitely, definitely, you know, messes with you a little bit, but it shows that how big the world of sports and your specific field even with punting yeah, too i mean no doubt, there's no you know especially to come into the big 10 in maryland that's a big that's a big deal for them to look at without a doubt but you were bonding with the guys everybody was cool everybody got along everybody it's a it's a nice environment here it's a fam because like our head coach won't call he doesn't call us a team he calls us a family yeah and you'll, a lot of schools say that they'll say oh we're a family but then you find out that 
there's this group, there's this group, there's this group and this group and this group doesn't know about this group and that group doesn't know about that group. Yeah. Like we're all pretty tight. We all hang out in similar social circles. Um, if we go do something, we usually try to bring at least one teammate along just because you're going to war with them on Saturdays. So you might as well get to know them. And Yeah. And it's also, I mean, you're away for Thanksgiving sometimes. You're, you know, away for the holidays. They are your family away from home. I mean, so my freshman year, I did Thanksgiving at uh, the Spangler household. He's the other punter on the team. We came in together as freshmen. Mm-hmm. Um, that was different because so my family, when we do Thanksgiving, we do it Italian way. So we have, <laughs> well, we'll have an antipasto, which is like appetizers. Yeah. Then you'll have your pasta. And my mom usually makes either lasagna or cavatel. And then... <laughs> And then you have the traditional Thanksgiving meal. So when I went to their house, it was immediately to the Thanksgiving meal. So I was going up for first round, second round, (laughs) and they were full, but I was so used to just eating more and more and more. More carb load. And then my sophomore year, sorry, my sophomore year, uh, because of COVID, we ate in the, I think we were at at the hotel. Yeah. and right here because they didn't want anyone going out and mm-hmm. catching covid and because we had to get on a plane and go to indiana the next day and then i was back at the spanglers this past thanksgiving but it's definitely been different like this year i didn't get to go home for christmas because we had to be here for practice for the bowl game yeah so it's just it's different it's yeah. a sac- it's definitely it's definitely a sacrifice but again i think that you know, I, I think that a lot of these schools are doing their best job to make it so it doesn't seem that way. I mean, they're in the same boat, too. I mean, the coaches and I mean, granted, the I don't know. I, I'll, I say this a lot. I don't know. It, it has to be the hardest thing to be a wife of a college football coach. Yeah. I mean, you're on the road, you're away, you're focused. Hard. Yeah. I mean, it's def, it's it's like, you know, I mean, I'm not trying this might not be the best comparison, but almost similar to like, you look at like the military, you know, you're, you're traveling around the country when you're a coach, you take your family, got a better opportunity in Indiana one day. And next four years later, you're in Oregon or you're in Maryland, you know, you got to go where the tide is and mm-hmm. just the part of the part of the career that you're true. I mean, look, when you get drafted one day in the NFL, you have no idea where you're going. No. And you're going to take it and say, Chris, it's great. You know, yeah, this is great. I got to go. Let's go to Detroit. I mean, who cares? Who knows what, who knows what is going Detroit, on? Seattle, LA, just anywhere in the country. It's a good opportunity, but, and you know, look, you mentioned that you mentioned the, um, yeah, the, the bowl game and going to the pinstripe bowl. What was that experience like for you to find, to play in a bowl game in front of in New York, your hometown um, in, um, in that capacity? It was surreal. Cause a lot of guys on the team had never been to New York before. So, oh, wow. So we took the buses and pulled in. And so now you're driving through Times Square. And guys are looking around. They see all the lights. Like, And you hear about, like, all oh, the bright lights. It's a big city. But you never really know until you see it. And you're seeing it through their eyes as well. I mean, you see it all the time, but you're seeing it watching them see it. I've never been, I've never got to experience New York City as a tourist. It's it's where I grew up. Yeah. Like people come to visit New York to go to Times Square, the Empire State Building, go to the Statue of Liberty. (laughs) I'll go just to eat, like if I have a dinner and then I'll come home. Yeah. It was just different. Uh, We went to a, 
comedy show, which was funny because it was like the first event that both teams were at. So it was a little John. Oh, wow. There was a little John going back and forth, and the comedians yeah. had fun with it. Uh, we went to the 9/11 Memorial, which is my favorite place in Manhattan, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like I wouldn't say it's definitely my favorite because there's so much history there. Yeah, and it's the only place in the city where, when you're standing there, there's just so much emotion in the air because whether it's you don't know anyone and you're trying to understand, like trying to capture what really happened that day, mm-hmm. uh, loved ones that lost somebody, uh, coworkers that lost somebody. So when we walked up to the memorial, because first we went up to the top of the Freedom Tower, which was insane. Yeah. The 103rd floor, I think it was. It was insane. You see all of Manhattan. And then we came down and we go to the memorial. And a lot of guys had known about 9-11 because we did like we did a 9-11 game in when we played Howard. And mm-hmm. me and uh, Marcus Finger made these helmet stickers. And so when we made them, I kind of explained the the level of what the importance it was to me, but they never really knew the magnitude of the event. Yeah. It's like anything, like the Boston Marathon, to the people, the people of the city of Boston, it means so much more than it does to me because that's their city. That city was attacked. Uh, 9-11, a lot of these guys were only, what, three months old? I was three months old. Yeah. six months old and so when they were walking through the museum and looking at the memorial at the wake pools they were just so blown away because it was like wow like this is crazy like this is unbelievable this yeah. happened i mean it was it was obviously definitely something that everybody in our country i mean i was it was my first year of college the year i graduated so you know it was something that was definitely new for me to realize this was something we were focused was happening and it's a lot to wrap your brain around you know it's a lot to to think about it's interesting that you guys were able to look at that trip and focus on that and um you know make it something more impactful than than, than the actual bowl game which was fantastic I mean, well i mean we won 52 to 10 i think it was yeah i mean the whole week it was just such a perfect everything just went it was just this like it went perfect how many of your family members were there for the game the entire uh, high school? I'd probably, I'd probably say 40. Wow. That's like, great. Did you get a chance to see him? Yeah. Cause I was an idiot after the game and jumped into the stands and <laughs> everybody. And it was, it was like, it was something out of a movie. When we won the game and the confetti's falling. Yeah. And it was just, insane it was insane that's wild that's wild i mean it's it's interesting about how you can focus on that in you know your home <clears throat> the biggest game and you had all your fans watch there's a lot of stress that goes on it's a lot of stress being an athlete managing social life sports school while you're there and one thing that i find incredibly fascinating and i commend you for is your work in the mental health space and the organization you started, which I want to talk to you about as well. And I want to hear what your, why you created it. Tell us more about it and where you really see the growth coming in the future. So Healthy Minds was started on February, uh, January 13th, 2021. I was in a car on my way to Florida and uh, me and my friend, Charlie Baker had 
thought of different ways of making, of creating an outlet of some sort, a safe space, so to speak, for people. And the Instagram account was always something that kept, kept, kept coming up. Mm-hmm. And I was one. I was bored. I was in a. It was an eighteen-hour drive from New York to Florida. So I was like, you know what? I'll just make the account, put it out there, yeah. send it to a couple of my teammates, and see if it sticks. And a lot of responses came back. This is amazing. I didn't even written anything yet. All I said was, I'm making this account because yeah. my struggle. I want to help people. And just the response was enormous. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I should try this. Now we're a year and a month removed from that. It has over a thousand followers. I've done a couple interviews about it, and it's 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 uh, it's really really worthwhile. And I'm glad I decided to create it. But that's the beauty of what you're doing in the discussion of mental health is that you are you made it a conversation. You sent it out to people that had no idea you were doing it, and then you realize that yes, we're all in this thing in some way, shape, or form. Agreed, because if someone tells you they do not struggle, they are lying to you because we all have our own individual struggle. No matter how big or how small, we all have our own individual struggle. And that's, and that's something that I find even more fascinating too, because look, I went to, co- I went, to, oh, I went, I was in college, but I, was, I actually went to College Park, a big Terps fan, always throwing through. But you look at, the athletes who are the stars. Everybody knows who you guys are. And every and this is every campus for that matter. Basketball, there's only, you know, 12, 13 guys in there that you could actually know who they are. Football, a whole crowd, or you wear the same stuff, everybody knows who you are. We assume that life <laughs> is great. We look at life being great. And you know it's stressful. I mean, look, when you're a punter, you're a kicker, any, any position out there when you're the only guy with the ball is stressful. Right. I mean, it's a team sport, but there's a lot more stress on the guys that actually have to hold the ball in certain aspects. But mm-hmm. we assume life is good. Everybody knows your name. You got free gear, you know, free food. So it's interesting when you think about it that way or that you, somebody like you is willing to come out and say that's that doesn't matter. That stuff's put that aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll say so football is the only sport where. In order for something to go perfect, all 11 guys have to do their job. Mm-hmm. So each of those 11, it doesn't matter if you're on the punt team, if you're on the offense, defense, but anything in special teams, every guy has to do their job. So each individual guy has that own individual pressure on them on the field. Now, on top of that, they have their stress in the classroom. Then they have their stress in their life. But everyone looks at them on Saturdays in the in their Uniform, cheering fans, girlfriend, friends, family, a cheering for them. Everything's good. But like my grandmother's, my grandmother always used to say, when someone goes behind their four walls, you don't know what happens behind those four walls. You don't know what's going on inside someone's head, in someone's family, personal life, et cetera. And that struggle is one of those things that people are trying to normalize to talk about because if you normalize talking about your struggle then it makes that struggle not seem so bad and when it's not so bad it's overcome you can overcome it and if you can overcome that struggle you can make something of your life and what was the school like what how was the school's reaction to you putting something out there so it's kind of funny so now 
if I walk across campus. So, I mean, I'm a pretty, I would, I would say I'm a recognizable guy because I'm pretty much an extrovert, very outgoing. But someone like, well, the best thing, the coolest thing was I was walking to strategical management class and I was in the business school uh -huh. and I bumped into this, to this girl and she was like, you're, you're, I know you. <laughs> I didn't recognize her. And I said, I said, who, I was like, I'm sorry, but who are you? And she goes, oh, I follow Healthy Minds. Nice. I was like, do you? And she said, yeah, I love your page. And then she's like pulling up a specific post she had screenshotted. Yeah. And she goes, I read this every time I'm down. And I, I was sitting, I was sitting in that class that morning. I was like, oh my God, like there's, like, there's no way. And that's great. I mean, yeah. you create an echo chamber. Makes it worthwhile. Yeah, the echo chamber is when you know one you tell one person, they tell one person, they tell one person, and and you know even with the even with the players as well, the players you know were reacting. How were they reacting to you about it too? That was that was the most rewardable part, was because so I spend anyone that plays college sports knows you spend your entire day with your team, mm. breakfast, lift, practice dinner you live with them so the fact that they were actually mad at me first of all when I came out with it because they were mad that I never had told them what I was going through oh that's cool we're that's a family cool. you're supposed to tell your family everything so when I told them that I was going through it they actually were like like what the hell like, why didn't you why didn't you come to us or say anything yeah but now that we've established this strong relationship Whenever someone's having a bad day or just a bad week, a bad year, whatever, like they're comfortable enough to approach me and talk to me because of how open I am with my own struggle. Yeah. And that's, I mean, they need people, the, the, the world and, you know, especially the mental health community needs people that are in leadership roles like you, like the team, the the extroverts, the cool kids, the, you know, the athletes to normalize it and make it something where you can chill out and talk about it. And you should have your friends talk about it. You know, your friends should not be able to judge you about it. And, you know, like you said, there is not one person on the entire planet that is not, that doesn't have something in the middle of the day that challenges the brain. And they're like, this is just, you know, where am I? And what am I trying to, and how do I figure this out? If you can talk about it, you can normalize it. Then all of a sudden it's not as bad. Um, it doesn't mean it's going away, but it definitely doesn't mean that you should, it can, you can still be focused on other things and work through your problems. So Agreed. yeah, I commend you for that too. And it's good. The school was reacting to it, you know, and your players, that's, that shows that it was, it makes, it, it makes it worth it. Yeah. And, you know, and with what we do here with brand new sports and with the NIL podcast, we talk about the world of putting yourself out there, branding 101, talking about how you're representing products, how you're representing brands and what you're doing in your work in an, you know, unintentionally is providing an outlet for people that they didn't know about. You are providing a service that people are, are looking towards. And I think that's something that from a professional standpoint is going to work very well for you throughout your career, whatever avenues you go in. Agreed. Yeah, and, do you, and with, with the NIL and with having to put yourself out there now that the law is passed and people are going to do that, do you, is this a discussion that the athletes have all the time? I wouldn't say all the time. I mean, it's definitely – when it first came out in July, it was definitely – those first two weeks, everyone was just like, oh, what deal are you doing? What deal are you doing? What deal are you doing? Yeah. Oh, do you have a spot for me? Oh. <laughs> it was just – it was like the floodgates opened. Yeah. It, 
it's so new and so unexplained that there's no real perfect way of doing it. So everyone's trying to find that perfect way to do it and trying to be pioneer it so that the athletes behind them can have the quote unquote perfect way, but there is no one yet. So everyone's kind of just on their own trying to figure out what to do and how to make the most, uh, most money out of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, the money part is one thing too, but I think what, and we talk about this to all the brand ambassadors that we put forward is that it's also teaching you, it's teaching you very early on the concept of financial independence, but also what your life is going to be when you go to the next level and look at yourself and they help an entity, how they look at you. I mean, when you're getting, when you go to the combine and you're getting drafted and they're looking at, they're dissecting all avenues of you, that's, how can this person handle it and look at it? This guy was able to work with XYZ company and they were responsible for this much return and so forth. It's pretty, I mean, it's something that I think is going to absolutely, it has changed the game. of. The it teaches you how to be different. It teaches you how to be different. Yeah. And you have to, I mean, when you're, when you become a professional, regardless of what you do, you have to stand out. That's mm-hmm. just the way it is, you know, and uh, very, very rarely in any career can you be an introvert and sports is the same way. So it allows you to explore that before, you get to the point where you have no choice but to explore it. Mm-hmm. So it's something, and look, social media is a big avenue for me. You're, you're TikTok, your Instagram, you know, you talk about mental health in there. You also talk about the stuff for sports and it's fun and it's engaging. And I think the NIL has allowed athletes to be more, you know, ex- have more expression of themselves. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Cause I'd say, I'd say, how do I put this in the words? Um, NAL's created this idea. I mean, college sports have always been big. And everyone's known football. big. Even college, we can just, just college sports in general. Whether you're a gymnast, a football player, cheerleader, basketball player, baseball player. Yeah. This NIL has created an opportunity for not just the college football and the college basketball players of the world, for all athletes, for an opportunity to be di- I mean, it's it's not even to be different, just to stand out. Yeah, and and before before NL, you weren't going to know about. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's just say your fourth string scout team linebacker. But now yeah. with NIL, maybe he's a hometown hero. Maybe the hometown diner wants to do an NIL deal with him. Now they can. Now he's making some money, and it helps him pay for school. Yeah, and it's also look. You're also looking at the schools that aren't in the big 10, the schools that aren't in the sec. I mean, there's smaller conferences, but the people have a good following or the sports that don't get enough attention, you know, volleyball, beach, volleyball, hockey, baseball, rowing. I mean, like these are not the, the large revenue gaining sports, but if you have a good brand, now you get a chance. Now you're a star. And I love it. It opens, it opens the floodgates. And I think it also allows kids to, realize that if they were going to go to pro early, maybe they could save an extra year. It's going to help the NCAA out. No doubt. And I think, yeah, I think it's going to be something where they're, they're able to push forward with it. And, and it's fun. You know, it opens the door. Athletes won't be, athletes won't be as quick to leave early now. Yeah. Now exactly. you're, making, you're making money. You're getting an education. Cause I mean, at least from when I was growing up, education was always the priority. So regardless if I was this stud athlete coming out of high school, my parents always said, 
you get your degree. It's the most important thing, regardless of anything else. And that's why when I was picking schools, my mom's biggest thing was, if you got hurt tomorrow, would you still want to go to school here without the sports? So she would let me take a school tour before I even got to talk to anyone in the recruiting department or coaches, et cetera, for football. And that's why I really love Maryland because I love the business school. Yeah. It's, top, it's top of the line. Uh, campus is gorgeous. It's right between D.C. and Baltimore because I didn't like feeling when I went to some campuses and feeling <laughs> almost where now you're at like two of the biggest media markets in the country. Yeah. Down the street. So. And you're right. I mean, that, and that's the thing. I mean, look, your mom's smart. That's true because you don't, you could be walk, you know, walk down the street tomorrow and, you know, twist your ankle or something like that. So it is about work. And then, you know, look, coming to a school for sports or for whatever your major is, is a big part of it. hundred percent, but it's also an experience. It's a life, you know, you have, you found a very good home away from home and that is very strong. It goes a lot farther and you're going to want to come back to college park and catch a game and, you know, when you have a, you know, gigantic, when you're making hundreds of millions of dollars as a punter in the NFL, you'll donate a building to Maryland. I think that's what you uh, plan to do, right? That the Anthony Piccarello building back in the business center, <laughs> you know, start your own. I didn't know punters made a hundred million dollars in the NFL, but. And I have full faith that you're going to break the mold and make uh, the first hundred million uh, punter in the NFL. You yeah. never know. Your lips, the God's ears. There it is. See, your mom was right. That's I, we talked about it earlier. She's, you know, I believe in you. It'll be good. But look, this is what this is about, man. I mean, it's about really putting yourself out there and um, putting yourself out there and regarding the NIL, but also what it is what you're doing at school. I think what you're doing with the mental health is fantastic. I commend you, and I think more people should do it. And before we sign off, I want to make sure that you can at least give some shout outs about where people can find you. So if you can do with the Instagram, TikToks, mm-hmm. for everything. So my Instagram is at underscore peck98. Um, healthy Minds. It's Healthy Minds with four underscores after it. Don't ask me why. Just <laughs> what Instagram made me do when I made the account. And TikTok, Anthony Pecker 98 And I also want to give a shout out to my grandmother. Because I know nice. she'll be the first person in my own listening to this. I know her. How to my mom and dad. How to my sister, Alessia. Well, that's great that's great i like the shout out that's always good we'll make sure they get the i'll make sure they get the first notice of it when it comes out and we'll put all this stuff for those folks listening and watching we'll make sure we put out everything so you can track anthony and track anthony healthy minds anthony i want to thank you again for your time man always a pleasure and best of luck in the future thanks rich have a great day great and everybody join us next time for the official nil podcast where we discuss all things related to the name image and likeness program and how it affects the world of sports NCA athletes, brands, and the community around us. Thanks again.